BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Us Weekly's entertainment director, Travis Cronin, and you're tuned into Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. This show we break down all of the hottest celebrity news and gossip stories of the week. And luckily, the trifecta has come together yet again, just like in the Charmed television series. All three of us are back. Of course, Gwen, hair never looking better. And in Leopard, Gwen Flamberg is here. Hello. Hi, guys. How are ya? Oh, my God. Better because of those bouncy curls. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And baby yeah. woman Sarah Huron is back from her early morning, late evening. Harry and Megan chef shifts over the last two weeks exploring the docuseries. Hello, deputy baby woman Sarah Huron. I mean, if we're going with the charmed metaphor slash reference, I guess I'm Shannon Doherty because I keep showing up and then not showing up um, and causing trouble. But yes, I'm quite tired. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm sorry. There's not enough you know, concealer in the world, but it is what it is. I think I'm a piper because I've been freezing and having technical issues a lot. So okay. that leaves Gwen as Alyssa Milano, which I think tracks. I look just like Alyssa Milano in some light, same I, shaped face. Mm-hmm. I definitely see a cousin. Well, the power of three will set you free, but not Harry and Meghan. They needed something else to set them free. Oh, yeah. Well, they finally found them. their freedom and threw their family under the bus. And we are going to get right into that. Before we do, let us start off with our woes of the week. Um, they're not Harry and Meghan based, hopefully, because we're going to be diving into that in a moment. These are the stories that made our hosts clutch their proverbial pearls and just be aghast and, you know, really meant something to them or was just weird. When Flamberg, what made you go well this week? Guys, I mean, this is something I can get behind literally and figuratively. One of my just ultimate icons of style and in life, Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton, y'all. She said in a video posted to her Instagram that there is a pocket in her wig cap for her mic pack because the clothes that she wears are just too dang tight, y'all. And the mic pack can never fit into anything. So this is just something that, you know, it's a picture that I will hold with me forevermore that underneath those fabulous wigs in the wig cap is exactly where Dolly Parton's mic cat my mic pack goes. I mean, have you ever? Can you well, imagine that that's where the sound is coming you know, from? This is my wallet, Gwen, which is Dolly Parton as the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite quotes she said about her wigs is someone asked her, they were like, you know, how long does it take you to do your hair? And she's like, I don't know. I'm never there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which Look I, what just, I just got. Oh my Dolly God! Parton's greatest nice. hits on vinyl. Oh my nice. God! Amazing. 
amazing. Wouldn't have pegged you for a vinyl girl, baby woman. It's staring new. <laughs> nice. The sound is incredible, as is everything that comes out of Jolly's. Yep. Beautiful lips. It sure is. And her Christmas movie is one of my campy favorites starring Christine Baranski, Christmas in the Square. It is the worst, mm-hmm. but also the best. Give it a watch. There's, Never there's nothing it. worse. Oh, my God. Sarah, I can't believe you haven't seen it. It is such a campy mess of ridiculousness. Christine Baranski sings a lot. She's like, got to get out of this town. It oh feels my like God. the palate cleanser I need after six hours of Harry and Meghan. It does. It does. Ooh. Definitely Christmas on the Square. Just ludicrous. Watch it. Feel good. Joy. Baby woman Sarah here on Other Than Harry and Meghan, you know, just lighting a torch to all the bridges that their family has built them along the way. What made you go, whoa, this week? Honestly, so many things like it has been a crazy news week, like starting with that White Lotus finale. But Uh I have to give a shout out to the sister wives. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Brown family um, the way I am. But this this month, we have lost two sister wives. Cody Brown is down to just one wife um, who is his legal wife, Robin, the fourth sister wife who came into the family when the TLC show had already started. He legally divorced Mary, the first wife, to legally marry Robin because she had kids from another relationship and needed to adopt them. And that made that process easier. He had Christine, who was the first one to Mm -hmm. flee the nest. Always bitter. The queen icon, though, she she was like out at the beginning of this year. So we got to respect Christine for that. A couple weeks ago, we found out Janelle has also said, see you later, Cody. And they have been separated secretly for months. And now coming out this week on the one-on-one special and based on the promo that's already out there, Mary is awesome. Mary, Mary, I can't remember how you say her name. I think it's Mary. Just spelled weird. Mary has said, you know what? I'm out too. After Cody, actually, it was really more Cody, um, which is unfortunate, um, said, I don't want to be married to you anymore. But either way, we are down to one sister wife, which is just Robin, who now she's like, hey, I didn't ask for this. I signed up for the sister wives. So shambles in the Brown family. Shambles. Robin was always his favorite. I only watched the first season, but he was so in love with Robin. Yeah. He wanted to, he was happy to divorce Mary within 10 seconds to get Robin secured, yeah. but Robin wanted the sister wives. So now Robin is stuck with Cody because COVID did all this also because he, Cody was like a very big COVID rule follower, but I think it was just so he didn't have to see the other wives and he could just <laughs> live with, with Robin. <laughs> Maybe. Well, she better go out on the prowl, you know, hit those nightclub VIP bottle service tables and gather some hoes for her family. I think they need new wives. And like, I'm here for Sister Wives Next Gen. Like, let's go. Well, are you going to apply? Maybe. No, I, Cody <laughs> freaks me out. Absolutely not. As he should. Um, that's a great one, Sarah. I can't believe he's down to one wife. I know. It's shocking information. It is. Well, my woe of the week is uh, a jarring. It is hot. It is flammable. It is Jay Leno. Um, you know, last week we talked about how he was in his garage. He has a huge car nut and he was working on them when a huge gasoline fire erupted in his face, uh, left him needing surgery for burns, his face, chest and hands. It was all horrible. And he said on Sunday it was an accident. That's all. Anyone who works with their hands on a regular basis is going to have an accident at some point. And he said on the Tonight Show with Jay, um, with the on the Tonight Show, his show, he's like, you have to joke about it. He's like, but I like this face better. So his face got charred off and he likes the new one better. And honestly, there's pictures and it's like a full like if you got 
four chemical peels and then a fraxel and didn't wait enough time and just had like the skin that is baby soft, but you know, it's not the medically the right thing. He looks great. So, I mean, I was just saying, well, because you're in this horrible fire and then you're like, wow, my skin looks amazing. My life is better now. You just don't hear that every week. So happy for you, Jay Leno. Well, my God, it must have been so painful, you guys. Yeah. Lots of nerve. Leave it to a comic to be making light of a devastatingly sad and painful life experience. Seriously, I was so happy when he was joking about it because it sounded like such a horrible incident and that he got, you know, a facial peel out of it and some jokes. Um, Bless him for that. Well, let us dive into the news of this week. Like the baby woman said, there was a lot of wild news this week, but we are going to start it off because one of our co-hosts was up at the crack of dawn, pre 6 a.m., reloading her Netflix screen for waiting for the show just titled Harry and Meghan to evolve. Now, we talked about the first uh, episodes that were dropped. We got a second drop today, and they were much more interesting than the last ones. Baby woman, what did you like about your morning this morning? What didn't you like? Oh, my God. Well, it's not about what I liked or didn't like. I'm here to report what was said. It's not about me because well, in the beginning. I'm still processing my feelings. And right now, they're just at all of these people hate each other and are living miserable lives and no one's really happy. And it feels like this could have been avoided, but whatever. I do want to give quick breaking news shout out that Todd and Julie Chrisley, little Woe have to report by January 17th to jail. So, um, one last Christmas for Todd and Julie. Add that to the reality stars in the queue for jail. Yeah. Um, in, in line. Exactly. Jen Shaw will also be getting sentenced yeah. in early January. They will already yeah. be behind bars. What a time to be alive. Anyway, um, Harry and Megan. <laughs> so, um, first of all, the moments I struggled with personally, and I think you guys mentioned this, was all the like footage of them that they filmed themselves like pre-Netflix deal. Yeah. Um, and that happened. We saw a lot of that in this second drop volume two, episodes four through six, with Harry talking about his freedom flight. Um, it just mm-hmm. kind of skeeved me out a little bit. Like I know that they said last week that they were told by a mysterious friend to start just recording themselves and taking diary entries in case one day they get a tell-all documentary. Um, But I just, I don't love that for us. And I also didn't love the footage of them like in meditation and therapy where they were like crying. It was just a little personal to me. Um, And it wasn't my favorite. I did love seeing Archie and Lily. I thought it was interesting that we saw them. It was a little more reality show style. The scenes where Harry's Megan's like on the phone with Tyler Perry, um, reading the statement after the CBS interview. And then Harry gets the text from William. Like you can tell that felt more like I was watching a reality show versus a documentary, which I love reality shows, even though <laughs> Gail King made this clear. It wasn't one on Andy Cohen last week. I kind of think it is. Um, anyway, but some of the stories that the biggest ones that came out of the volume two drop was the meeting at Sandringham, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. My, Gwen can correct me. Sandringham. Yeah, yeah, where they obviously usually have Christmas and it's usually happy memories. This time, um, Harry opened up about that meeting heard around the world that we all knew about in January 2020, right before the royal exit was announced. And he explained that he went back to the UK 
um, after, you know, skipping Christmas that year and him and Megan were kind of trying to plan their exit and they talked to Charles Escaped. on the phone, escaped, said they wanted to live in Canada and he asked them to put it in writing and Harry didn't want to put it in writing because months before that they had a plan to move to South Africa and it leaked and Harry implied that it was Charles and his team that leaked it because it was in writing and that plan got scrapped because the public then had too many opinions and it wasn't the right time for them to move. So Harry didn't want it in writing, but Charles convinced him to put it in writing. And Harry, being the Nancy Drew that he is, put in a line about Harry and Meghan being willing to give up their Sussex titles if that can make this move forward. Now, when this all did inevitably leak, um, that was a detail that was included. And so that to Harry confirmed that Charles and his team were the ones putting these stories out there and wanting to... I don't know, jeopardize Harry and Meghan's safety if that was the goal or just, you know, get ahead of it. I don't know. They implied he definitely leaked it. At also, the meeting, like a list move sneaking info and giving it to different people. It's like a full Kardashian move. Yeah, I mean, it really, her palace is the PR queens of the world is the real moral of the story. Yeah, <laughs> be vague. Thing. Yeah, they know how to control a narrative. This is a family who's known how to control a narrative since like the 14th century. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, beyond that, it's just this whole, like there is no way that Prince Charles would have messed with the safety of his son and their new, his new grandchild. I mean, it's like, I believe, I just feel like this has become so much more contentious than it needed to be. I agree with that. Um, at the meeting, Harry said that he believes that his family, he asked for this meeting um, right when he got back to the UK, including also meeting with the queen, they told him the queen said, yes, we can meet. And then when he got to the UK, they said the queen is busy. Do not contact her. And she said, oh, sorry, I'm busy. A.K. someone told the queen that she couldn't see Harry because they were all still in these talks. And then when Harry did finally get a meeting with his dad, the queen and his brother, they did it, according to Harry, on purpose after Meghan had left to go back to Canada because they didn't yeah. want her in the room. And at this meeting, it was quite tense. William was yelling and was, quote, terrifying. Charles was saying false things. And the queen was apparently in the corner taking it all in, not really reacting, which is just a sad picture. Um, we've all had family feuds, though. Who hasn't yelled at each other? But that's exactly that is exactly it. I mean, the stakes are obviously much, much higher with this family. But this this is a tale as old as time. Like, I just don't understand. That's what I kind of my takeaway from all of this is I don't understand their shock. You know, I don't understand their kinds of like, and do you believe they did this? Like any family experiences stuff (laughs) like this. And this is like perhaps the most famous family in the world that by the way, like it's about pomp and circumstance, like by definition, sorry, like you're not going to change centuries of (laughs) protocol. The part that you can make the choice to leave. That's totally cool. Like you made the choice to leave. You wanted a different life, but then leave and shut the F up. (laughs) Yeah. The part that made me the most sad was every time Harry talked about William, because he kind of implied or said that they made this like pact when they were younger, when they watched all the stuff go down with their parents and even just like with their dad and how he's, you know, taken missteps and whatever with his own communications team and with watching stories be planted and kind of watching this dirty game be played for years. And they made some sort of pact with each other, according to Harry, to never do it to each other. And it seemed like William was maybe faced with the decision of I'm going to be king. So am I going to keep following what this institution has been doing for centuries? Or do I take this risk with my brother and Megan and shake things up? And he went old school. 
not saying that's the right thing to do. Who knows what the Harry and Meghan deal actually was. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I, that part was very sad to me because Harry kind of said like, I would rather, you know, do anything, but portray my brother. And they are blaming like the comms team. So again, I also am confused. Like how much is this Charles and William saying do this versus like their aides, but then can they do anything without being signed off on? And I do believe they did trade like negative stories for William, like take this negative Megan one instead. And that's messed up. Well, that's I do think that works. Happens. 100%. I mean, that's how, listen, we're, we're in that game. Like that's media. Like you, every day, it, it just sort of is what it is. And to, you know, I just sort of am so torn by like, not being able to believe Megan's naivete versus also sort of being like how much of this is playing the victim for to live out a certain agenda. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like you can't quite possibly have been that naive. Yeah. In the second, in the fourth episode, when it opened up, like it was still about the wedding. She was like talking about how in shock she was about the crowds. And I was like, that was, I couldn't even believe it when I read those details. Cause I'm like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> you and your mom just thought you were going to an intimate family affair. Now right. it's complete BS. That's complete BS. That Those are the parts where it makes it really hard to believe their side of the right. story when Megan is just so blatantly either in denial or make her trying to seem how she wants to do that. I, I find it hard to believe her when I want to believe her. Right. I think she's trying really hard to be relatable because even like in the documentary, like she make these comments it's like, oh, I'm talking about curtsies. How crazy is that? Or I'm talking about the castle. Like, we're over that part. Like, we know you yeah. were like a princess. Like, we, we've we all wrapped our head around that. So I don't know why you're trying to act like you still haven't all these years later. Like, yeah, you got married in a castle. We were there. We watched it. I had to get up at 4 a.m. Like, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, by the way, you married a prince. Yeah. The prince of England, the biggest commonwealth in the entire world. Like, you fell for a prince. It's like, if you didn't want that kind of exposure... You know, people make hard decisions. People leave relationships because it's going to be really difficult or actually an untenable situation. Like Ask people make of bones. decisions. If you don't want to, yeah, if you t- can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Like it's so elementary and it's what makes it just very, I mean, she also, she wasn't 19 year old Diana. Right. She wasn't. This was a woman right. who was a divorced woman who had then been in a really long relationship, very worldly, lived on her own, ran her own business, had a massive career in Ma- Hollywood, which, by the way, Hollywood, which it's all about playing the game. Yeah, they really glamorized California as the move to freedom. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, it's strange. I really just hate to see the William and Harry stuff. I think that's so the bad. most heartbreaking from all of this. And I don't like, but I do think like there is some truth to when Harry says like, I get it. Like if you even want, he's like, I don't think that my other family members have gone through what Megan has gone through. That's his point of view because of the racism element of it yeah. and the intensity. There's arguments to be made like, for the way Kate me, was treated. Um, did he ever, but did he ever read the headlines about Sarah Ferguson? Like, come on. No, I know. And everybody I'm, went through it. It's that's like, his take. And he said, even if we do say, okay, everybody went through it. Why not make a change and make it better? And that's fair. Like, I do think he's coming from the right place in certain certain parts of it. And I do think this constant agenda of trying to like out daily mail each other is insane. (laughs) Like this is ludicrous behavior. But I also then find myself like 
like you said, just certain times I'm like, oh my God, like she's everything. I want to root for her so bad, but it's just, she's making it so hard for me. And then I'm like, I'm the bad person. But I saw a tweet that was like, you can think Meghan Markle is annoying, but still recognize that like she experienced mm. racism and bullying. And I'm like, okay, that's where I fall here. Cause I, I, she bugs me to no end. And I don't know why. A lot of opinions, but a few other revelations to touch on. The CBS interview was a big highlight. They talked a lot about how that came to be. There was footage taken seemingly by Harry and Meghan themselves of them watching the documentary, which they are the interview that they had not seen before they said um, and, you know, embracing each other after it aired in their in their home theater and kind of saying that they thought the biggest takeaway was going to be Meghan opening up about her depression and suicidal thoughts. But it was overshadowed by the comment about Archie's skin color, which surprised them, apparently. Um Obviously, a pretty big allegation revelation. So, not sure why it surprised them. Beyonce. Because it wasn't about Megan. Yep. <laughs> also, <laughs> I don't believe that Beyonce texted right at that moment. When she was sitting there, she went, Beyonce. Yes. No. That was I, acting. I think that was acting. I think that was Suits USA Network acting. She's like, oh, Beyonce just texted. Wow. Now that I think is she, a I think revelation. She Beyonce. I think she there- texted with Beyonce, but it wasn't there. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. But, you know, where she's like, I just I still can't believe that Beyonce knows who I am. Like, it's just like all that stuff is so cringe. It's just so cringe because you're just kind of like all of this is so self-serving. The format of this thing makes it I mean, I'm sorry, Gail King, but it's like a Bravo reality show. And it's just it just seems to me in really poor taste. And it, then Harry's book is coming. I know. Like, what is yeah. there left to say? I think the well, book is going to go in on Charles and Charles. William because they didn't really talk about like specifics of anything in this. It was more like overall, like the firm, the this, that. And I feel like their press secretary in yeah. general. Yeah. But, but it's just so like, wow, wow, bitter bitch Barbie. Like, come on. Gwen is not You're holding back. Than this. <laughs> and I just think about all of the amazing charitable initiatives that those two have done, can do in the future. And I just go back to like, if they just would have sucked it up, Megan would have had a much bigger voice, could have gotten so much more accomplished. They would have maintained a different kinds of fame. And it's just to me, it's a bummer. It's really a bummer. I mean, the whole thing, Sarah, with the I think it's the last episode where when she talks about how in the last week (laughs) before they left the firm, she Mm -hmm. wore all that color. But in the beginning, you know, she didn't she didn't want to stick out. It just shows the pettiness. The like, well, I threw it back at them. You know, it just shows you who she is. No, I mean, I agree that it's a it's a bunch of people playing like of adults, like playing like board games with each other, like with each other's lives, exchanging negative stories, you know, 
like you said, yeah, she did make a whole point to say the last week she wore all that color because before she was trying to like, she felt like she needed to be hidden. And there's a whole segment about how like the media did like Megan at the beginning, but then we weren't allowed to like Megan anymore because the palace wouldn't let us like Megan. And it just all, it definitely feels like they've laid out a timeline and we have to follow it. Cause it's, I think it's a little more like not black and white as that. Like, I think it's just messy, oh, 100%. but the scene where she reads the text from Beyonce, which read, I, she said, I still can't wish I am. She wants me to feel safe and protected. She admires and respects my bravery and vulnerability and thinks I was selected to break generational curses that need to be healed. So she gets that text from Beyonce. That's what she said. That's just, what Beyonce just out of the blue while they were filming just happened to be what an inspiration Megan is to her. I'm just saying that's what Megan said. And then Megan's FaceTiming with Tyler Perry because he's like in part yeah. volume two. He's the, like, the special guest star in every episode. She's FaceTiming with Tyler Perry to read Tyler Perry the statement that the Royals put out about the Oprah interview, the CBS interview. And while she's reading the or on FaceTime with Tyler Perry to get reactions for that, Harry just so happens to get a text from William and shows it to Megan and says, what am I looking at? Wow. H just got a text from his brother. And then Harry like looks all distraught and he's like, I don't know what to do. And Megan's like, let's take a breather, get some air and then decide. But they don't tell us what the freaking text said. Ugh. But it's in it just they they wanted it That's to so be annoying. like a Bravo style reality show. And it's just. If that's their idea of modernizing the monarchy, like, no, no. God, I'm waiting for Lisa Vanderpump to jump in and, like, really play peacemaker between all these people. Honestly, she would have a great role in this. The last two ones I'll mention, one, again, the Tyler Perry of it all, it was kind of interesting. They asked Tyler Perry to be Lilibet's godfather because during those, like, six weeks they lived with him. By the way, during the six weeks they lived with him, the the firm didn't and his family didn't know he they had left Canada. According to Harry, the yeah. royal family thought he was still living in Canada when they had escaped to Tyler Perry's house, which is kind of funny. Um, but he, Tyler Perry almost turned down the role because he didn't want to have to go to the UK and go to a baptism for a little bit with the royal yeah, family. Yeah, that was funny. Which was funny. Um, but also the other revelation that I think it's kind of nuanced and a little confusing, and I hope I'm not flubbing it at all, but there's this implication that Prince William kind of got involved in one of the lawsuits that Meghan had filed against the Daily Mail. So mm-hmm. Meghan was in this lengthy battle for years with the Daily Mail for publishing that private letter that she wrote to her father, which she claimed she wrote under the advisement of the Queen and Charles um, when her dad was in all the stuff around the wedding with the, the, the photos and doing bad press about the royal family every other day. And she wrote in this letter and she sent it to her business manager in LA. And when she got a piece of paper that's supposed to be his signature getting it, she like, it didn't look like his handwriting. It just said Thomas. So she knew this letter had ended up in the wrong hands. Some way, somehow it ended up at the Daily Mail. They published it with like redacted parts, um, which is illegal for a lot of reasons. So she filed this lawsuit. A huge part of the documentary is Harry saying, you know, if we can't win a lawsuit like this, no one can. So like, it's our job to do that, whatever. She won the lawsuit and her lawyers were confident she was going to also confident that the Daily Mail was going to appeal because that's what happens. So in December of 2021, the Daily Mail appealed and just expected. And this is the lawyer speaking, saying when we were just about to go to court appeal, a senior member of Williams team came forward to give a, his witness statement, which wasn't required. And sadly, there's just no way he could have done that without the authority of his bosses. So you see a very like, again, reality show esque moment of Megan and Harry kind of fighting with one of their Archwell team members where Megan is like, it's your brother. I'm not going to say anything about your brother, but it's so obvious. And that's right. when the aide or their like Archwell person is like, 
I mean, it's like someone who works with your brother. Why are they calling it like a former aide of Harry and Meghan giving this witness statement that no one allegedly asked for? And Harry said, it's even more obvious they'll try to cover it up. That's why I'm now living in a different country because of all the comms teams. Basically, they try to outdo each other. And that is the contract, the symbiotic relationship between two institutions working the best way they can. Um Megan won this appeal, but and the person, the aide, Jason Knuff, I think is how you say his name. Um, he is the one who used to work for Harry and Megan, now works for William, who filed this witness statement. And he said, in response to the allegations that Mr. Knuff, I'm probably saying it wrong, submitted a voluntary witness statement in no. connection with the Daily Mail litigation with the consent of Prince William's office, a representative sent the following statement. These claims are entirely false. He was asked to provide evidence by both the Duchess of Sussex and Associate Newspapers. He was advised by counsel and that evidence in his possession could be relevant, and he then provided this directly to the court, staying neutral in the process. Megan's lawyer said, that's not true. The legal team did not ask him to provide a witness statement, and he did not re- remain neutral by submitting a witness statement relied on by the Associated Press while working for the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. So this is kind of like a big bombshell revelation, kind of hinting that William and But Kate it's like were- a light bombshell. Like, all mm-hmm. of theirs, they're not calling out William. I disagree. William. They're doing I think it. this they're is like a big bombshell. around it. It seems like they're pussyfooting around it and they're saying that they're not giving William like culpability. They're sort of putting it off on this former aide and like not calling out who they really think are the key players behind it and saying it's the comms teams going back and forth, which just sort of seems like pulling a really important punch. But maybe Mm. it's their way of pretending that like Harry's way of like not throwing his brother under the bus so we can say he didn't. But also because I think it's kind of a big deal to have someone on your team like willingly allegedly involuntarily insert themselves into a lawsuit that megan's already winning to try to make it worse for her like that's pretty messed up i don't know you guys i'm i'm just so conflicted about these people i hate them all all right it's a lot it's a lot, it's, it's a lot. well thank you baby woman for your uh time spent with these royals and covering it all i haven't watched one new episode of the real houses of miami i'm losing myself i need people to go away it's better when you have four in a row to watch so just thank the royals the sussexes for this okay well there will be no more new episode drops but we will have reporting on both sides next week well let's move on to a couple that's a lot easier to get behind pete davidson and emily ratichowski now there has been an update in people that i just really really liked um the source says they are pete and emily are really enjoying their time together they are going strong and getting a little more serious they have a love of the east coast in common strange and similar vibes personality wise and style wise it's always the same thing with him he really makes her laugh and keeps things fun um emily says the source says that emily says pete um um is enjoying it they're getting more serious pete is chill and understanding about her being a mom it's a nice situation for emily without any stress and they are going to be hanging out around the holidays no, I'm just so happy because I feel like we all manifested this coupling. And the more they stay together, the more I think that they are the only right options for each other. True. I think they are the only two people on earth who could be with them because they'll always be like the cool star to somebody else, like playing second fiddle with them and the power dynamics will be off. But because she's like one of the most wanted women in Hollywood, if not the most, and everybody seems to have a thing for Pete, who's a hot lady in Hollywood. I think I really like this coupling. And I I do. I ship those two together. I think that they're just kind of like, 
the same level of fame. Yeah. You know, like it makes a little bit more sense to me. Like, you know, if Jennifer Aniston starts dating Pete Davidson, that would just I jump out the window. But oh, God, me too. Amrata, PDD. I, I think that's cute. It's cute. Yeah, me too. Works. Well, great. Well, now let's move to some wildly depressing news, because this week we lost such an amazing, uh, beautiful personality who always brightened up my social media feed for years and years. That is Stephen Twitch Boss. Um, He's known for, of course, So You Think You Can Dance and being the DJ on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Um, He sadly died this week, leaving behind his uh, wife and fellow dancer, Allison Hooker Boss. And it's he was a father. He was a husband. It was really, really sad. And Allison released a statement, said, it is with the heaviest of hearts that I have to share. My husband, Stephen, has left us. Stephen lit up every room he stepped into. He valued family, friends, and community above all else. Leading with love and light was everything to him. He was the backbone of our family and the best husband and father and inspiration to his fans. Now, Twitch uh, died by suicide, according to the LA County Medical Examiner. Um, after they concluded their examination, they published the report, which we obtained, and he was pronounced dead on 11-25 uh, on Tuesday morning. Uh, we can also confirm that he checked into the Oaks Motel that was 1.4 miles around his um, from his house on Monday night. And when he didn't check out, management knocked on his door several times and went in and found him there with a single gunshot wound to the head. And this stuff hit me so hard and it hit so many celebrities who knew him or knew of him so hard because he was just such an exuberant, loving personality who just wanted to spread joy. And that seemed like what he wanted to do. But then no one knew, you know, from outside how rough things were going on. It's led a lot of people to post, you know, check on your strong friends. And I think it was just, I don't know, the celebrity death hit me so hard. It came out of so left field and I just feel terrible. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's so sad, incredibly dark. It was a couple days after their ninth wedding anniversary. Yeah, they had posted like a dance video on Sunday. Um, As you mentioned, every a lot of people feel like they see their family in their Instagram or TikTok feeds all the time. They had a YouTube channel, Um, you know, and Ellen, obviously, the show ended in May and she had just done this big tribute to him because of one of the last episodes and they seemed, whatever you want to say about Ellen, they seemed to have a very special connection. Yeah. I'm sure he was appreciative that she gave him, you know, a huge platform because a lot more people got to know him through that, um, through the Ellen show. And obviously it's just incredibly tragic. And he had, he had, they had two kids together and he had adopted her oldest child mm-hmm. when they got married. Um, yeah. I mean, just horrible to report on all day. It really, really, really so many sad emails and phone calls I had to make that day. Um, we best to Allison is just so sad. It is really rough. Well, let us cleanse this palette with a new hookup because I just, it makes me so sad, but this next coupling luckily brings me a little bit of light into this world. Um, because I love a story where someone shoots their shot at somebody on social media or through song and then actually winds up dating them. Um, and the latest is Jack Carlo and Dua Lipa. I actually was a really big fan of his song called Dua Lipa. I'm trying to do more than do a feature. Um, we Us Weekly can confirm that they have been talking and are starting to date each other. The source says they like each other and are both excited to see where things go next. 
The source says that they had known each other because Jack had FaceTimed Dua for permission to use this song about her. The song is literally her name. Um, but the source says that it was an awkward call for everyone. Um, so it didn't go too well. Uh, everyone was uncomfortable during that FaceTime. But then they met each other uh, this past week at an awards ceremony in L.A. Um, again last week. And they talked to each other, started talking on Instagram and are now dating, this source says. And I just think it's amazing that Jack Harlow had this whole song dedicated to how much he loves Dua Lipa, how cool she is, how beautiful she is. The song is called Dua Lipa. And now they're dating. I just think that that is a lovely thing when that happens. Maybe it's like, you know, a teenager me on Twitter, like reaching out to a celebrity and just, you know, having that Hillary Duff princess moment, the what dreams are made of. But I'm just so happy these two are together. They look great. And another very like Pete and Emily, I think they're just like, they look great together. The vibes match for me. I'm just very happy with the story. I think it's really cute. It's a cute pairing. That would be fabulous if they go the distance. I'm into it. It definitely would. And then they can, their first dance can be to do a Lipa. I'm trying to do more than do a feature at their wedding. Should they get married, which would <laughs> yeah. be nice. Makes sense to me. I mean, she dated Anwar Hadid for all that time. We've had, we saw a little bit of single duo. There was the rumor about Trevor Noah, Trevor but Noah. seems like she's more a Jack Harlow girl. Yes, she is. I'm glad she's not with Anwar. They never seemed very happy together. Oh. Um, and, you know, before we sign off, just some fun pregnancy news in the, a couple pregnancy news is in the Bravo world. Diana oh. Jenkins is pregnant, is a rainbow baby after suffering a devastating miscarriage, which we saw her talk about on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She is now pregnant, but she says, quote, there's still a long way to go. Um, really excited for Diana Jenkins and Kate Chastain, the official chief, the original chief stew. Well, not the original, but the only one that matters on um, the original blow down is having a baby on her own. She announced it on Instagram. She is coming to do that Peacock series with all the former Bravo liberties. Um, what is Traitors. it called? Persecution traitors and she was like i'm gonna be doing all this press so i figured i might as well announce my pregnancy here um she told uh, that's i'm paraphrasing her quote she just told to us today but i'm just so happy for those two women diana being 49 kate chastain having the baby on their own i just think it's so cool that people women especially are feeling empowered to do it on their own to have babies later in life and to not you know do all that have a baby before your 30 nonsense that we believed for so many years i just think it's a beautiful like thing that's happening in the Bravo world. So congratulations to Diana Jenkins and Kate Chastain. I can't wait to see those little babies. Yes, and Diana Jenkins, I hope I don't see it on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season 13. I hope I have to go to your Instagram because I don't want you back on my program, but I'm really happy for your pregnancy. I liked her licks, lips. Oh, I hate it. I mean, Asher was fascinating to watch. She could be a friend, but she is no full-time housewife. You're right. She's a friend. Well, I don't think and much it's going to be high change. risk. Very true. I think a friend role would be perfect for her. Um, and I just want to say real quickly, since I wasn't here last week and didn't get to give the update, that Amy Roback and TJ Holmes are still not on the air. And I am yes. still checking GMA3 every day to eagerly await their return. I'm so bad that GMA3 has gotten all this publicity. My favorite show. It's like when um, Tom cheated on Bethany at the Regency Hotel. And the Regency oh, Hotel is... 
On the, sorry, Tom cheated on Luann at the Regency Hotel on a Wednesday night where, quote, all of society is there. And the Regency Hotel was brought up like at least 1,100 times that season. Such good press. This sort of reminds me of that just for GMA3, which no one would have heard about because of all of this. GMA3, happy for you getting your shine and cannot wait to see where that story goes. Do you think they're going to get let back on the air? I mean, I do. It, like the longer I thought they were, but the longer it's been, like I don't know if they're just gonna like sneak them back on and hope that the news cycle doesn't know. Or I mean, it would be they're not gonna be able to. Do that. <laughs> I think we're saying maybe they'll let her back, but not him, because he. There's been so many more things about like the consensual, as far as I understand, but still yeah. affairs that Other are women there. Work. Very much like the morning show. Yeah, very much like the morning show. There's rumors that he was with a producer and another employee there. And Amy, I agree with you, Sarah. I think that they'll let her back. But if he's had a ton of affairs, they're not going to be that. And I mean, they definitely can't see each other right now because the paps are outside of their apartment. So I don't know what that's doing to their relationship. But it's like the holidays and they can't go over to each other's houses. So I was just they're really in limbo here. They are. I mean, Harry and Meghan don't know what it's like to be (laughs) Jay and Amy. No, they don't. Harry and Meghan don't know how easy they have it. They had a whole castle well, to live in together. These two are on these streets trying to fight for each other. Amy's just yeah. trying to get a coffee. It's just all she did. Oh my God. I can't, I, machine, I can't wait to find out. I bet they're just going to wait until the new year and then sneak them back on the air. It's like GMA3 because it still says with Amy Roback, DJ Holmes, and Dr. Jen, whoever. <laughs> Shout out, Dr. Jen. <laughs> Shout out, Dr. Jen, whoever. Well, maybe TJ's having an affair with her and we'll learn her name next week. Tune in to find out. Well, thank you to my host, Sarah and Gwen, for helping me spill all of this truly scalding piping hot celebrity this week. Again, this is Travis Cordona's Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast with your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame of your favorite celebrities. Because after all, guys, they're just like us. Uh, Oh, that was tired, Sarah, but we'll give it to you next week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've done a lot tired. of work. Tired. We're tired. I'm tired. I'm, a, I'm tired, Megan. Too tired, I can't Megan. Even, I can't.